Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Royce will fake the ball pass, fire the three, and hit. And Royce O'Neal's leading the Jazz in scoring tonight with 16 points on 6 of 7 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3. Beautiful lob by Ingles to Gobert with a dunk all set up by a Rudy Gay pass to start it. And a slam dunk, and the Jazz are back up by 7. Clarkson holds, now drives with the right hand, finds Ingles, open 3 for Joe. Come on, kid. Yes, sir! Joe Ingles for 3. Utah by 10. Jazz have got Vivid Arena cheering. Chest it to Gay. Deep three from Rudy Gay is good. Oh my goodness. Rudy Gay's making everybody happy. Rudy Gay with 20 points. Rudy Gay hit five of his six three pointers, and the Jazz pull away in the second half, beat the Toronto Raptors 119 to 103. And PK, the game goes a lot better when they stop giving up points off turnovers and offensive rebounds because. That was power in Toronto in the first half, and the Jazz held them to 40 points in the second half. Yeah, that really surprised me because as I told you yesterday, I thought that Toronto was just the worst matchup possible for the Jazz. (laughs) (laughs) That's not exactly what happened. Yeah, if they play like that 16 times in the postseason, that's pretty good. Uh, Good things. You're talking about the way they played the second half of the game. Yeah, I mean, that was just incredible. And it had nothing to do with the opponent. That's what I'm talking about. The opponent was immaterial, irrelevant to me. It was about the way they played, and Rudy Gay talked about it in his on-court interview afterward about moving the ball and how important that is, and, you know, you pass up good for better and get the best on, on the possessions, and obviously he shot the ball well, and I don't expect him to shoot the ball like that all the time, but for whatever reason it was going in for him, and, you know, new team, first game and all that stuff, but that really was the ev- a definition of what we see for Jazz basketball, that's for sure. He and Royce O'Neal shot the three really well. It's just a, another guy now who can go off from three. Uh, Donovan Mitchell certainly uh, didn't. Um, Joe Ingles can shoot it better. Not that it was that bad, but he can shoot it better. So on any given night, someone can get red hot. And those two guys, Royce O'Neal and, uh, and Rudy Gay, were crushing a combined 9 of 12 from three. Team shot 41%, which is a good number, but also pretty close to what they can do night in and night out. So... They get the win, 119-103, and now they get another day off, and then they head to Sacramento, Rudy Gay's old stomping grounds, to play the Kings, see if the Jazz can beat the Kings for the third time this year. That's 8 o'clock tomorrow night, and our coverage will start at 7 o'clock with the Jazz game night pregame show. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Curry dribbling, far wing, 13 to shoot, step back, off the dribble, three, it is unbelievable that Curry able to nail that shot. He's a French the needle to Jimmy Ford, jam. Morant, a three from straightaway to answer, ring it up, put three on the board. Oh, we've got an old-fashioned Western Conference shootout in Memphis tonight. Maxi with 17 and Curry with 18, Seth long two and he nails it. Feet straddling the arc on the right perimeter, but Seth Curry nails a long Highlights from around the NBA. Golden State Warriors pounding Cleveland 104-89. Warriors with the best record in the league. They keep it rolling as Steph Curry goes for 40. 
Yeah, man, he is your MVP this season so far. I don't think there's any question about that. Nope. Another uh, another massive night shooting the ball. 40 points, 15 of 27, 9 of 16 from three. He's good, but he's in a hot streak. And when you're that good and you're hot, that's why you put up these outrageous numbers and start the MVP talk in the first 15 games of the year. Oh, I think he's ended it. I don't think he started it. He's ended it. He is 13. Uh, the Warriors are 13-2 and two right now after that win. That's amazing how well he's playing. It's fun to see. Other scores, uh, Philadelphia went into Denver and picked up the win, 103-89, the final there. Jokic, who was the MVP last year, went for 30, but they're lacking firepower now, PK, and no one, no one could really go with him. Martin had 19, but 89 points isn't going to win you very many NBA games. Uh, sure, but isn't that? Can you say that about the other team too? Uh, you can because they don't have Embiid. <laughs> so I'd make that trade if I was Denver. Bench scoring, uh, a couple guys in double figures for the 76ers making a difference. Your household names, Bassey and Milton. But whatever, they get it done. They went on the road, so good for them. Anybody else catch your eye in the NBA? The Clippers losing to Memphis in the old-fashioned shootout in the in Memphis. That's a funny, funny phrase, but okay. Yeah. Memphis wins one twenty to one hundred eight. Spurs continue to suck. That's always good to see. They are uh, getting crushed by the Wolves, one fifteen to ninety. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Utah State, double overtime. They win. They beat Penn 87-79. We were talking about Justin Bean and how well he's played. He's taking it up a level. And he is putting up massive, massive stats. 33 points, 16 rebounds in the double overtime win. Justin Bean Bryant. That's what I call him. As in Jelly Bean Bryant? Kobe Bean Bryant. Yeah, okay. No, no. Go a little little more current than that. I didn't hear Kobe Bean. I always heard Jelly Bean, his dad. Oh, they called him Kobe Bean Bryant a million times you over. called him all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> Never blanked it out. Utah State takes on New Mexico State this morning, 10 a.m. Myrtle Beach. That's a big invitation. win for those guys against non-scholarship players. <laughs> <laughs> Taking down the Ivy League. How are they doing with the NIL money? They got... They got Penn alumni funneling them uh, stock options or what? They win no matter what the final score is if you're going to an Ivy League school. Scotty will have the pregame show 9.30 this morning. The game tips off at 10 a.m. You can listen on 12.80 The Zone. Weaver State beat UMass 88-73. They took over in the second half and pulled away in the Jersey Mike's Invitational. And Cal beat Southern Utah 75-68. to Utes have Boston College in the opening game of the Sunshine Slam tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And BYU, after playing some big-name opponents, has Central Methodist at the Marriott Center tomorrow night. NAI school. Need a breather every once in a while, PK. And they're getting a breather. How do you know? (laughs) DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Ryan from the gun takes the snap. Second and long. Fires out to the left. A tall pass. Off the hands of the Garys. Picked off by 
J.C. Jackson stepped out of bounds, the official says, but it's an interception. Third down and five snap. He's back in the pocket. He fires across. It's picked up by Kyle Van Noy, and he's going to take it to the right side, 20 to the 15, outside to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone. That is a third pick six for the Patriots in their last four games. Shotgun snap, takes it, throws it out to the left, and it's a diving interception. Another theft for the Patriots. Take a knee. And who has it? Adrian Phillips. And the New England Patriots shut out the Atlanta Falcons 25 to nothing. Kyle Van Oy with two sacks on the same drive. Van Oy with the pick six you heard right there. Atlanta, three quarterbacks play. They combined to throw four interceptions. Felipe Franks only got to throw one pass, and it got picked off. Never heard of him. Heard of Josh Rosen. He got to throw three passes, and he got picked off. And Ryan threw a couple. Patriots are 7-4 with a five-game winning streak. Are we ready for the hoodie back in the playoffs? He's got a tough stretch of games to negotiate coming up. Sure, seven and four. They're looking good. Whoever, whoever makes it, it's fine with me. Titans and Bills the next two weeks, and they got the Bills uh, twice in the next four weeks. So plenty of big games and big tests for the Patriots. Got a chance to win the division, depending on how they handle these games. NFL games this weekend: Cowboys and Chiefs. One of the bigger matchups of the weekend. You ready to see if the Chiefs are back? They got a little uh, streak going here. They take over to. Taking over first place in the AFC West. I'm ready. Cowboys have dominated the NFC East. Also coming up this weekend, the Bengals and Raiders, or the uh, Packers and Vikings. Some of the games will be shown. And then the Sunday night game, Steelers and Chargers. Two of the many teams that are slightly over 500 in the AFC vying for playoff berths. Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown has been accused of obtaining a fake COVID-19 vaccination card, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Former personal chef for the wide receiver says Brown had his girlfriend reach out to Reese. Stephen Reese is the chef over the summer to obtain the fake vaccination card. Yeah, I used to do that, man. Before I was uh, of legal age, I'd get a fake vaccination card and get in. (laughs) That's not the fake card you would get. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Cougars in Georgia to take on the Georgia Southern Eagles. A 3-7 record coming out of the Sun Belt Conference. BYU favored by 20 points. You got any storylines for this game, PK? Win and don't get hurt, yeah. Win, don't get hurt, and get ready for USC. Pre-game show for the Cougars starts at 1 o'clock, live from JCW's in Provo. One more year of these November schedules and then into the Big 12, and there'll be big conference games in November, and this will have a totally different vibe. Ah, you don't know that. I mean, they could play Kansas in November. But it could still matter in the race. And it could not. <laughs> Kansas will be out if BYU's out then. Hence, you don't know. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Utes and the Oregon Ducks, 5.30 on ABC. You want to win free tickets to that game? Stop by. We're at the Murdoch Chevrolet and Woods Cross. we got a pair of tickets to give away. It's enter to win. Ute fans, stop by. Drop your name in the bucket, and we will draw the winner coming up at the end of the show. So stop by Murdoch Chevrolet 
here in Woods Cross. Utah and Oregon. Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce will have a pregame show for you at 4.30. They're going to kick off at 5.30. How do you feel about the U defense, PK? They're going to slow down that Oregon rushing attack? Make them throw? You've been down on the Oregon passing game all year. It's a clear recipe to do well. Yeah, the numbers for Utah, are, I mean, they just jump out at you. If the team goes over 200 yards rushing the opponent, their win percentage goes way down, way down. And if it's under, their win percentage is incredible. So if they can do that and keep Brown contained, then I think they've got an excellent chance to win. Oregon 9-1, they do have that loss to Stanford. But uh, other than that, it's been an awesome year for them. Haven't had to play any close games lately. Last three of all, they won them all by 10 points or more. But early in the year, they played a bunch of one-score games. And the Utes rolling now, too. Having won six of their last seven games. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Utah State and Wyoming Maverick Stadium. It is Senior Day, 6 o'clock tomorrow night on the CBS Sports Network. Zone coverage begins at 5 o'clock. Utah State, 8-2. and two. They're not going to blow this it's on Senior Night, are they? I wouldn't think so. Their only losses have been at home, Boise State and BYU and Wyoming. Not that caliber of opponent. Not right now, no. Losers of five of their last six games. But, you know, at the same time, as I said yesterday, Vegas took them right down to the wire. Had to score right at the bitter end to get that W. Birth in the Mountain West Conference title game riding on this. Utah State needs to win this and at New Mexico next weekend. And they will be off the Mountain West Conference title game. Location to be determined, but they'll punch their ticket no matter what if they win the last two games. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I coach uh, the University of Oklahoma football team, and you guys know me. You know how I feel about this place and this program. So I, we've, we've been down this road many times before. You, you guys know where I stand on that, and that hadn't changed. Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma coach. There's some big-name, big-money jobs out there. So even coaches who are big names who have big-money jobs, their names are getting mentioned. Michigan State coach Mel Tucker. Could receive a significant new contract, reportedly 10 years, $95 million, to stay at Michigan State. He says Michigan State's a destination job, and he never intended to just pass through. Although he just passed through his last job at Colorado, and Michigan State people are nervous because once upon a time, they lost Nick Saban to LSU. They don't want to lose Mel Tucker. The good times are rolling. Yeah, that's a staggering amount of money that they're going to give him in, a, in a, basically a, a, you know, a lifetime contract, in a sense, after very little success. Now, the reason why it's very little success because he's only been there, if you don't count last year, which was a you know, funky year, uh, this is his first year, right? And so, and they're 9-1. Um, and one. And That's great. They beat Michigan, and they're playing Ohio State I this remember weekend. remember years ago, yeah. Notre Dame did that with Charlie Weiss. And, and that went wrong. No, didn't go. Yeah, but... If he thinks it's a destination job, then it is. But, you know, you pull the same statements, basically, not to this degree, at Colorado. Uh, I'll give you a pass because they doubled your salary, and who am I to tell you not to take it? Uh, But here it doesn't seem like money is much of an object. And so if you do it again, then I'm done believing you. (laughs) Fool me once? Yeah. I don't Uh think he fooled me that time because they doubled his salary. But 10 years of $95 million puts you at the top of the pay scale in college football right, right now. Right, right. Now, over the course of the 10 years, you probably won't stay at the top of the pay scale, but they can also tear up the deal and give you a new one. 
We've seen that done. So 10 years, 95 million. That's nobody's getting more years. Nobody's getting more money. So you're set. Michigan State and Ohio State, 10 a.m. on ABC. Huge game right there for those two teams. Uh, Arkansas, Alabama, and Utah, Oregon are the other three games this week matching matching ranked teams. Iowa State is not ranked. Iowa State and, um, and Oklahoma at 10 a.m. on Fox. Oklahoma just got their first loss, which may have finished off their playoff hopes, but a second loss to Iowa State certainly will. Well, I, mean, I think it's a big game is uh, with Oklahoma State coming up. Yes. They got Bedlam the next week. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball Awards Week. Now it's the MVP Awards. Shohei Otani. Unanimous selection is the AL MVP. Now, you can't be surprised he won a PK, but he's surprised it was unanimous that one or two people didn't say, oh, he didn't play for a good enough team. You got to win more to be the MVP. Well, if you pose it like that, I mean, he hit 257. Yeah. But his power numbers and his pitching. Batting average having been devalued over the last decade. Well, his pitching was so impressive and giving him the Cy Young. Yeah, right. So he gets the AL MVP and Bryce Harper. For the Phillies, gets the NL MVP. Two non-playoff teams. Yep, yep. The winning was not a uh, big factor in the voting for either one of these guys. Major League Baseball owners have not yet decided to lock out players if there's no new labor deal after the December 1 expiration date of the current one. Commissioner Rob Manfred said Thursday he highlighted the folly of not doing so in 1994 that led to a crippling strike and added, that an off-season lockout that moves the process forward is different than a labor dispute that costs games. He added, I don't think 94 worked out too great for anybody. I think we need to look at other sports. Pattern has become to control the timing of the labor dispute, try to minimize the prospect of actual disruption of the season. You follow that for me, would you? Okay. Once we get labor dispute, I check out. (laughs) Do you care if they miss spring training? Because that seems in jeopardy. I'm a sports fan, not a labor fan. So I'm a kid when it comes to this stuff. Uh, Whatever they do or don't do, whatever. It doesn't matter what I think. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, is going to join us in our next segment. Danny Reed, play-by-play voice for Georgia Southern at 8 o'clock. And Joe Ingles will be here at 8.30 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're broadcasting live. Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. Stop on by. They've got the 2022 Silverado up to $1,500 off. The 2022 Equinox Blazer or Traverse up to 0% financing for 72 months. It's the time of year where the Murdoch Auto Team and customers are giving back to the communities that we all live in and serve. Murdoch Chevy partnering with Al Sporting Goods and the Utah Foster Care System this year. For every new car sold in the month of November, customers will receive a $100 
Al Sporting Goods gift card with a Murdoch VIP discount code, which give the customer up to 30 to 50% off. And a portion of every new car sale will be donated to the Utah foster care system. Over the past two years, the Murdoch Auto Team has been able to put over 400 pairs of new snow boots on the feet of Utah foster care children. Murdoch dealerships from Logan to Linden covering the Wasatch Front. We are here in Woods Cross this morning. And if you want to go to the Utah-Oregon football game tomorrow night, stop by this morning and enter to win tickets. We'll be drawing for the winner at the end of the show. So you can stop by and enter right now. we got tons of jazz gear. Table next to us set up with jazz hats, jazz T-shirts, tons of jazz gear. Maybe PK will let you rip a hat right off his head. You never know. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. This week's Raider game against the Bengals is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with silver and black. Learn more at americafirst.com slash Raiders. David Locke is going to join us here momentarily. Jazz coming off a win over the Toronto Raptors. And PK, that was a tale of two halves. The lousy version of the Jazz turned the ball over, gave up a gazillion rebounds, trailed at halftime. The fabulous version of the Jazz hit three-pointers, moved the ball, and dominated the second half. I didn't think they were lousy in the first half. Really? Lousy? Yes. That's too strong. 27 points off uh, second-chance points and uh, turnovers. And you're down by two or three? Yep. That's in great spot. Yeah, but you're playing Toronto, who's got a losing record on the road, lost five out of six. I mean, the Jazz are going to be measured against better teams. Uh, sure, but they weren't playing better teams. That's what I'm saying. They're playing Toronto. Right. Who they crushed. And who is the worst matchup possible for them. <laughs> <laughs> Just grab that and hold on, baby. Just give that a long Only hug. know what I read. <laughs> you said you're going to confront him on this, so you David better. Locke. Yeah, we'll make it the first question. <laughs> well, I think that you know your opponent, and that factors into your mental sharpness, too. So By halftime, there's a sense of urgency. Like, okay, yeah. we're screwing around and messing this up. Let's knock it off. Right. Everything that they were doing wrong was fixable. So and they fixed it. Yeah. They stopped giving up so many rebounds, and offensive rebounds especially, and they stopped turning the ball over. They had one where Donovan expected Joe to zig, and he zagged and threw the ball into the backcourt, and frustration was obvious. And Shortly after that, the Jazz started rolling. Yeah, I think that was in the third quarter, though, wasn't it? Right. It was, yeah. it was early in the third quarter. Yeah. And clearly that's the kind of thing they've been talking about at halftime. All right. Quit turning the ball over. We're screwing this game up. Let's go. For a November 18th game, I uh, couldn't have been happier. The second half was 58-40 to 40 Jazz. That's a butt kicking. Yeah. They do that, they're going to have all sorts of success. 
And it's a long time between now and the postseason. So <laughs> I'm not even thinking of that. You know, we're not even to Christmas, Thanksgiving, obviously. 67 so, games to yeah, go. So it's, in a sense, not completely, but in a sense, these are preseason games. I mean, it just has no bearing on anything. The only, way, the only reason we're going to remember this game is because it was Rudy Gay's first game. And, and it was he like shot that. the three so well. Yeah. And he looked like, wow, if he comes anywhere near doing that, that's the greatest pickup in franchise history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, if Rudy Gay shoots 80% from three, yeah. the Jazz are going to be really good. Right. If he plays like that. And and the thing that I loved was his level of confidence. I mean, he just seemed like, and he's a veteran guy. He's 35 years old. So why, why wouldn't he? He's had a lot of individual success in this league mm-hmm. because if you're 35 years old and you've been in the league this long, just by definition, just by the fact that you remain in the league, you've had to have some type of success, right? You're not going to get to this point. By being an end-of-the-bench yeah. guy who rarely plays right. for the 15th straight year. Right. You're not a backup, <laughs> right. co- not a backup exactly. quarterback right. behind exactly. a Hall of Famer. Right, which that happens in that league. Right. And doesn't really happen in this league, you know, because of the salary cap. And the more you advance in the league, the more money you make. And so the more they, they can't, can't afford, afford you. you. Right. Uh, so, um, but you couldn't have been more impressed. And even, even the shots went in, but the, the, just his stature and his body language and all that stuff is something you'd expect from someone who has so much experience and understands exactly what he's getting into. DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team, and he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain's given free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. David, good morning. How are my friends over at Murdoch? Uh, they are good. We are at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross this morning with Utah, Oregon tickets to give away. Stop by, enter to win. We will draw the winner uh, at the end of the show. If somebody wants to go to the big game tomorrow night. So, Do we want Utah good. to win this game? Well, if you're a Utah fan, yes. And if you're a BYU fan, no. <laughs> right, but even but if Utah loses, you're a Stanford fan. I would think that no, you don't want Utah to win because you want Oregon to go to the playoff, and Oregon's no, got to so, win. We're all. so horrendously terrible. Why would you want that? Because they want the money. They get more money. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the money. And, but and you want that just the rep of the Phil pack. Knight and outfits both programs. True man. story. That's another reason you got to be nice to Uncle Phil. <laughs> And your Pac-12 team, you're just sick of hearing the Pac-12 can't get a team in the playoff. Get a team in the playoff. Right. Isn't it actually advantageous for Utah to lose both games to Oregon and then just go play the Rose Bowl? Not necessarily, no. Okay. I mean, they could get bypassed depending on what other teams do. Would they take 8-5 Utah? If ASU wins out, they could be 9-3. and three. If UCLA wins out, they're 8-4. and four. Your scenario, Utah's 8-5. and five. It could be two teams. And then they don't make the Rose Bowl. Right. All right. I was just trying to get Kyle in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he wants to backdoor it, though. Fair enough. Run the table. Take care of it. Yeah, that'll solve it. He'd want it then, for sure. Yeah. Beat Oregon, beat Colorado, win the Pac-12 title game, win the Rose Bowl. Boom. Yeah. 
You, wow. fans, you fans are take signing a off on that. And yeah, right. Take a chariot and sign off. Yeah, absolutely. Finish on that. Be like the second what? biggest win in franchise in school history. Behind? Uh, isn't the Alabama win the biggest win ever? Winning a Rose Bowl as a Pac-12 champ might be bigger. I guess we'd have to see how it plays out. The Alabama win was huge. I guess we'd have to see how it plays out, who they get, blah, blah, blah. All right, David. So uh, you posted yesterday, and PK saw this and read it, and he has run with it, and I couldn't believe you said this. Toronto, what's the quote, PK? Toronto. Something like the most difficult matchup. Worst possible matchup? Golden State would be a tougher (laughs) matchup than Toronto. How can Toronto be the worst possible matchup, David? Because I think with Toronto, with OG Ananobi as well, they they obviously are missing, you know, arguably their best player. Um, They what the things they do well are the things that we don't do well, Um, and so that's why it's such a tough matchup. So they play in transition. We don't defend in transition. They force turnovers. We have a propensity for turnovers. They lead the league in offensive rebounding. We have shown a a tendency to not protect the defensive glass, and we're small, other than Rudy. Um, They play a handoff game instead of a pick-and-roll game, which is our strength is pick-and-roll defense. If we have a weakness, it's transition defense and and handoff defense. So when you start to kind of look at all the things that they do well, they also match all the things we don't do well. Um, They're wildly athletic and long. We're not. Um, so, you know, they've been really built on athletes. You know, at one point last night, they checked in two guys that were 6'9", 200 pounds. I'm not sure there's three guys in the NBA that are 6'9", 200 pounds. You know, Masai Ujiri looks for a certain type of player and goes and grabs them. We look for a certain type of player and go and get them. They're just different. And so, you know, ours are, uh, with Rudy, have all been offensive-minded scoring players. Um, and... You know, they they look at athletic, defensive, turnover-forcing speed. Like Nick Nurse actually was kind of making a joke in the pregame, was like referencing speed as a player. And and that's what they do. They play a speed game. So those weaknesses that you just mentioned, we all know about them, but how serious are they? Well, last night they weren't very serious. I mean, we turned it over a lot, but I don't really care if we turn it over and have an offensive rating of 125. Um, So... You know, last night they were not particularly significant. We dealt with it really well. We moved the ball. Um, you know, they were not at full strength. They're not great anymore. You know, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry are missing, and they're playing a lot of young kids. And when suddenly they lose 40 minutes of OG and Anobi, then that drop, you know, then they're playing some guys that, that are a pretty big drop. And we took advantage of that. But I thought we were really good last night. I don't want to, you know, that is what I just said is true that they were missing guys that are really, that you know, a, a guy that's super important to a team that's not as deep as it once was. And so on one level, you don't want to minimize it. On the other level, we were just really good last night. They, we played with a pretty good tenacity. We moved the ball. We stayed sharp. Um, we adjusted really well throughout the game. There was, we were playing our bigs, we're, our level, big level of the screen was off in the second quarter, and they torched us. Um, both Van Vliet and Trent got going. I think their offensive rating in the second quarter was like 150. Um, and then, you know, and then we adjusted. So, um, you know, I think you also saw uh, – I was talking to someone who, you know, knows the game way better than me on um, 
whatever night that was before a game, prepping for them, and I just kind of sent out a text to someone and said, like, why aren't they winning more? They're really good. And they just said, you're playing too many young guys. And, you know, I think we, we, we love young guys, and they're really fun and exciting. They just don't win in, in this league. It's just too hard. So, you know, Scotty Barnes is a nice player, and Blanton's kind of an interesting heck of a late second-round pick. And Malachi Flynn had to play a lot last night. He's an okay player who I really liked out of the draft. was pretty bad last night, but, you know, he's really basically a rookie. Uh, Precious Oshawa, who didn't play last night, is basically a rookie. You know, they're just playing a lot of young players. Young players don't win in this league. So at halftime, the Jazz were uh, suffering from all the matchup issues you talk about. There were too many offensive rebounds for Toronto. There were too many points in transition off of turnovers. Toronto's up 63-61, and they've got almost half their points off turnovers and offensive rebounds. The Jazz, man, they shut that faucet off in the second half, and they were hitting shots. So the Jazz win the second half 58-40. Is it as simple as the team just getting focused, uh, more intense, paying attention to details, whatever you want? Is it just as simple as that? And for, I don't know, 70 80 90% of the league, the Jazz will just handle them. If they just focus on a, on a few of their weaknesses, because it, it changed everything in the second half. So – Two things on that, DJ. One is I think you're exactly right. Um, and Ron Boone said it after the game. If you looked at the – he would suspect that you looked at Toronto and they got worse quarter by quarter in every game they played because they're, so, they're just unique and different and play with such tenacity that as the, as the game went on, teams would figure them out. The data actually doesn't back that up, but it makes – I think the eyeball test is right on that. That You know, there are a few teams in this league who just play very differently than everybody else in the league. Golden State right now is is one of them, and it's just not a common way to play. Miami's another, and so I think it takes a little while for people to kind of figure it out, and the Jazz did figure out. The other one is let's go to the Jazz strengths. So the Jazz strengths are if you're in the half court, our defense is still really Mm -hmm. good. We've just really struggled in transition this year. And we struggle when people get second-chance opportunities. So if you cut off the faucet to those two things, we're now playing to our – and you're making shots, which the Jazz were in the third quarter. I think she shot almost 70%. You can't get out in transition. You're in the half court against the Jazz. And then if you go to Toronto's weaknesses, they're a terrible pick-and-roll team. That's why they run so many handoffs. Van Vliet's like .8 points per pick-and-roll. And he runs 50% of their pick-and-rolls. So, and so he's not – they don't have an option in the half court against us. Like, I mean, they, they, their, transi- their transition, their handoff game is a speed, early handoff downhill game, and we just cut that off. And, and once we kind of figured out the level of screen for our bigs, it was, it was lights out. They, they just couldn't score in the half court. I think they were about 0.8 points per half court possession. How's that? Just data. Just data. Now take that for data, Patrick Kinahan. Take that for data. That was the Memphis guy who's now the assistant coach at the, for the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that where Fizz is? Yeah, I think that's where Fizz is. Yeah. Mr. Fizzdale. Um, so do long you see... Miami, long time Miami Heat assistant yeah, before that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, LA, LA City kid. Uh, do you oh, see yeah. it was just a trade-off for Gay for pa- uh, Pascal? Is that you, how you see Rudy being implemented into the lineup? Oh, I think he starts to take Joe a few from Joe and a few from Jordan if he plays well. Like, I mean, he's really good. Like, if he's, I mean, it depends if he's better than they are, right? Like, so I don't know what, I, I, you know, last night was exceptional. Um, he brings great size. He brings some rebounding. Um, might take a few from Whiteside. Okay. Might play some center. 
Um, he played played center last year. Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure how it plays out. And defensively is going to be the question of what he can do in space at this age. Um, and he revealed last night via Instagram and his post game that it's been six months. I mean, this is so. I mean, that's a long journey for a guy. And he said it like uh, you have to be a little crazy. And you know, probably 16 years in the league with all your accolades to go through a six month rehab. So he had surgery. What six months? May is that right? Um, you know, that's a long journey back. So he had to teach himself how to walk again. Um, so this is really, you know, I, I don't, you know, I didn't know what it was, but this sounds really significant. And so, um, I, I do think let's, you know, last night was fabulous. He's the heck of a player. He's got a lot of accolades. He's shown to be a chameleon, uh, and be able to adjust to his scene beautifully, uh, in San Antonio, depending on their needs. But let's, let's let some time play out and have a larger sample size and see where his body is at this age and what his lateral quickness still is and some things like that. He's old. Played a lot of, he's played a thousand and ten games in this league. It's an incredible amount, um, and so, you know, depending on what he can do, if he's if he's Rudy Gay, really high level, then he's going to take a lot of guys' minutes because he's better than there. David Locke joining us here. David, I'm figuring that uh, it's the NBA. Somebody's going to get hurt, so the whole minutes thing is just going to play itself out. So 100%. what you're saying about is who's going to get the playoff minutes, and even that could vary series to series based on the matchup. But I think the thing Rudy Gay could give them, and it's could, so I'm interested to what degree you believe this, is that we know the Jazz want layups and dunks at the rim, and we know they want threes and free throws. But you need a little bit of a mid-range game, and when a team starts switching everything – you got to have some matchups where you're going to win. Is Rudy Gay going to punish smaller guys who switch on to him? Is he going to move them in that 10 to 12 to 15-foot range and score over them and give the Jazz another option in an area of the game where we know they have struggled at times in playoff series and ended up getting eliminated? Is he going to provide that? And if so, so to what level? Yeah, I mean, let's go to the Clippers. So just to build off what you're saying, and then I, I don't know if I have an answer, but... You know, let's go to the Clippers series. The Jazz, they're switching one through five. They have four guys on the floor that are 6'8", 220, which was unique to the Clippers. And then they have Reggie Jackson, who's big. He's 6'4". But he was the weak. So with Rudy Gay, in theory, at that point, you go probably to some sort of a lineup that maybe either Gay's at the center or he's, at least at times, you're not going to play without Rudy. Like, let's, let's you know, Rudy's going to play. Rudy's, like, our, one of our two best players. He's going to play. Um, but there might be some minutes in which Rudy Gay plays instead of Rudy Gobert, or you just have Rudy Gay on the floor, and you run an interchange, and then Reggie Jackson at 6'4 is guarded by Rudy Gay, and you send him down to the post. Um, the Jazz have a particular play that they run that Rudy Gay runs off a pick and then immediately takes the point, the smaller guard into the post for a post-up. You'll see it. Um, I mean, they've run it with Boyan, so it's the same play. Um, I, I won't give you the play call. It'll probably be frowned upon. Uh, but so yes, you will see teams switching one through five, and then the Jazz running, um, or even teams switching one through four, which is maybe more common, and seeing the Jazz take Rudy Gay into the post on that smaller guard, um, and and try to take advantage of some post play. I think then teams quickly double, and the question is whether Rudy Gay moves it well enough to open shooters or victories. Take that for data. <laughs> Take that for data. 
All right, more data. The Kings, the Jazz will try to beat them a third time here. Game 16. They're already putting the Kings a third time. That's odd. But uh, that's uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock start on the Zone Sports Network. And David Locke will have the call let for you. Me, let me see if you buy this theory. Tell me if you buy this. The Kings dictate this game on Saturday. Because good as the Jazz are, and the Jazz are better than Sacramento, when you're playing a team a third time in 30 days, they might be broken, right? They've already they, they've looked in the mirror already. They've lost five or six, six or seven, something disaster. Their only wins against Detroit, bad stretch. But if they're not broken and they still believe, shouldn't they get us once out of third in 30, 30 days? Guess that depends on how good you think the Jazz are, because there are sweeps in the NBA. I know there aren't a lot of them, but they are sweeps, and they happen when one of the best teams plays one of the worst teams. Well, are the Jazz one of the best teams and the Spurs one of the worst teams? Raise the expectations here, David. The Jazz are good. They're really good. No, they Especially are really good. I don't, think Sacramento, I don't think Sacramento is one of the – I guess this is what I'm saying. If Sacramento – we're going to find out if Sacramento is really one of the worst teams. Yeah, well, they're not the Pelicans. They they're not the Pelicans without Zion, and they're not Houston trying to rebuild from the ashes. So We, we might see Zion, by the way. You guys pick that up? I'm waiting for PK to say so. I see Zion every day, guys. <laughs> ah, nice. Nice. Well, well played. You know, well. it is <laughs> such a pleasure to do a show with you guys. I just, <laughs> you know what? Like, I come on with a smile. I'm excited to talk with you guys. Your knowledge base is fabulous. Your humor, well, okay. <laughs> and you guys are really, you're two of the best. And it's a great pleasure to be on the show. All right. Thank you, David. We will talk to you again next week, and we will hear you in Sacramento tomorrow night as the Jazz try to make it three in a row over the Kings. You bet. All right. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280. That's tough, Sneaky. If you play play one team just like once in six months, it's tough to beat them. (laughs) (laughs) There are sweeps, and they usually come when the best teams play the worst teams. Dough. Jazz are really one of the best. Make a run at it. All you got to do is be better. There you go. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd. Dot com. Joe Ingles is coming up at 8.30 right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's the final home game of the regular season for Blake Anderson and Utah State as the 8-2 Aggies welcome in Wyoming for a key Mountain West Conference showdown. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at 5. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Football Friday presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. 
PK, you're not exactly stat guy, but when it comes to Utah and Oregon, you mentioned it uh, earlier this morning, there is one stat to watch, one number to watch. It goes a long way towards deciding winning and losing. The final score. And you brought up a stat other than that, (laughs) but you're right about the final score. Uh, Kyle Winningham always says turnovers are the second most important stat right after the final score. Yeah, I think that it's rushing attack. If Oregon has all sorts of success rushing the ball, they'll win the game. If they don't, they'll lose. So, I mean, the last few games have been going for 300. Obviously, that's an obscene amount of num- amount of yardage to give up. If you're a defense, if Oregon gets over 200, 250, uh, they're going to win. I mean, 200, I'm a little bit... Uh, 200 feels like a push zone and anything could happen? It it, it might, and then you have to factor other things in. Because I think if you get 300, it's over. (laughs) then there's really not a whole lot of the stuff that you need to worry about factoring in. Yeah, at 300, it's over. Unless you get down to the two-yard line and fumble it four times in a row or something stupid like that. Yeah, pretty crazy and off the charts. But the point is, at that point, it's over. Yes, if they, if they get 300, there's no way I see the Utes winning. 200, because they emphasize the run so much, they might be able to uh, withstand that. Especially if you mix in a turnover, a missed field goal, some wasted yards yeah. that don't lead to points. And your offense stuff. is doing very well, which I suspect their offense will be okay. Uh, and if it gets in the middle, 250, I'd probably favor Oregon there too, uh, because that's a lot of yardage to give up on the ground. 200 is a lot of yardage to give up on the ground. Uh, but that's what they do. And, you know, they've got a whole slew of guys. They've seemed like they've had a whole slew of guys for 10 years. Well, 200 yards has been a problem number for the Utes in all three of their losses. The three opponents picked up 200-plus yards rushing. Oregon State had 260. So when you talk about some of those bigger numbers, um, I mean, there you go. BYU went over 200 yards. San Diego State went over 200 yards. And UCLA usually runs the ball pretty well, but they only went for 165, and the Utes won that game. Their so, quarterback was out, and he's... Yep, he might have helped him get over 200 yards, and he didn't do it. So circle 200 is the big number to watch for uh, in this game. Yeah, yeah. And then, as always, uh, Kyle will tell you, well, check the turnovers, too. If we turn it over a second or third time, we start getting into... He would tell you the Utes start getting in danger, danger territory at that point. I don't really see a lot of turnovers in this game. Really? No. Be- because? Uh, be- because if you run the ball, hold on to it. I mean, that's like the least, that's the best safeguard against turnovers. You, you can prevent fumbles much easier than you can prevent interceptions. So don't, don't do that. Just don't do it. Anybody gets near you, put two hands on it, cradle it, blah, 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 like the baby and all that crap, and away you go. <laughs> like the baby yeah. and all that crap. Yeah, I mean, coaching cliche and yeah. yada, yada. So, yeah, do that, and, and you'll be fine. All right, DJ PK, we're broadcasting live right now. We are at Murdoch Chevrolet, 2375 South, 625 West, right off the freeway in Woods Cross. They've got, uh, they've got deals going. The 2022 Silverado is up to $1,500 off, and they got 0% financing for six years on the 2022 Equinox Blazer or Traverse. So it's also the season of giving. It's the time of year where the Murdoch Auto Team 
and the Murdoch customers are giving back to the communities that we all live and serve in. Murdoch partnering with Al Sporting Goods and the Utah Foster Care System. So for every new car they sell in the month of November, customers get a $100 Al Sporting Goods gift card with a Murdoch VIP discount code, which give the customer up to 30 to 50% off. A portion of every new car sale will be donated to the Utah Foster Care System. And over the past two years, the Murdoch Auto Team has been able to put over 400 pairs of new snow boots on the feet of Utah foster care children. Remember, dealerships from Logan to Linden and over 1,000 quality used vehicles in the Murdoch family of dealerships. Every used vehicle comes with full point multi-inspection, five-day exchange policy, three-month or 3,000-mile powertrain warranty, complimentary Carfax report, and complimentary car washes for life. We're broadcasting live at the Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. We'll be here till 10 a.m. we got tons of jazz gear, lots of hats for you to choose from, lots of stuff. Lots of colors, plenty of shirts as well. And everybody who stops by, you can enter to win tickets to see Utah and Oregon. You can go to the big game tomorrow night. We'll give away a pair of tickets at the end of the show. Stop by. We're at Murdoch Chevrolet, and we are at 2375 South, 625 West, right off the freeway in Woods Cross. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.